Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of A Man Called Otto. Hey, Otto! No. Don't you dare let that little rat dog piss on my walkway again. Ignore him, Prince. He has no idea who's doing that. Well, it was one of you. Get out of here. You cannot use this road without a permit. Have a nice day, sir. You know, the other guys don't do this. The guys with the white trucks. How come it's always you brown guys? And I don't mean that racially. I'm sorry you didn't get him here earlier. The whole neighborhood is falling apart these days. No, 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 stop! Oh my god. Give me the keys. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Otto. Otto? O T T O. I'm Abby. O T T O. Got some new neighbors. Bye. Nedwood husband. I brought you some food. Okay. Okay. Bye. Are you always this unfriendly? I am not unfriendly. Okay, you're not. Every word you say is like a warm cuddle. Can you please give me a ride? I don't have a license. You don't have a driver's license? How old are you? Punch in and brake. Brake, the car is stopped. Don't hit the car. Brake, brake. I almost hit the car. It's all right. It's hybrid. Well, it's all right. How did you get in here? No! No, no, no. You are not taking over my bed. I was wondering if you could help us out. I'm not sure about this. It's gonna be very fun. How was it? You did a good job. You should pat yourself on the back. Well, it's all right. I have a cat. You have to do everything on your own. But guess what? No one can. I'm Peppa! You want to see a trick? Yeah! Could I borrow a coin? What did you do? Every back to the corner! It was all the clown's fault. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for A Man Called Otto, and the story is as follows. When a lively young family moves in next door, grumpy widower Otto Anderson meets his match in a quick-witted pregnant woman named Marisol, leading to an unlikely friendship that turns his world upside down. The film is starring Tom Hanks, Marina Trevino, Rachel Keller, and Manuel Garcia Rolfo. It is directed by Mark Forster and written by David McGee. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Amy Smith. Hi, everyone. And Dan Baer. O-T-T-O. M-A-T-T. 
All right, so this has had a platform release over the last couple of weeks here. Started off in limited, and now it's gone nationwide. It is based on a film that came out in 2015 called The Man Called Uwe, which was also based on a novel as well. And for those of you that remember, A Man Called Uwe uh, was nominated, actually, for two Academy Awards, Best Makeup and Hairstyling and Best Foreign Language Film. A Man Called Otto here is one of many, uh, it seems, American remakes that we tend to get sometimes where I sometimes say to myself, okay, I can see this going one way and being an improvement, or I could see it being an outright disaster. And when I remember when the trailer dropped for this, I was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. This is like the worst trailer for (laughs) anything I've seen this year. The final product uh, actually turned out to be a little bit different than that initial assessment. I will say that. We'll get into uh, reasons why here in a little bit. Uh, but I do want to know, uh, you know, if you have seen the original film, A Man Called Uve, and ultimately, what did you think of A Man Called Otto? So, Amy, we'll start off with you. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, so I haven't seen the original film. I actually have the book on my bookshelf ready to sort of be read, so I think I'm going to get to that soon. Um, Tom Hanks has had a year, let's just say that, between Elvis and the non-Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio, which we should not speak of. As we say, choices were made. Choices were made, but I think he made a good choice with a man called Otto. This is the sort of role that he sort of succeeds in, something that the audience can go in and say, oh, it's Tom Hanks, we can trust this. And that is very much what this film is. The thing about this film that surprised me was actually Mariana Trevino, who is excellent in as Marisol she steals every single scene that she is in you can't help but fall in love with her um there's sort of two storylines that are running along this film one of which I really liked and one of which I thought was kind of throwaway and we'll get to that later on but overall pleasantly surprised with what I got with this film okay all right starting off relatively strong here Dan Bear what about you what did you think of a man called Otto yeah I'm in the same boat as Amy, pretty much. Like I was very pleasantly surprised <laughs> by what I found here. I I think it really does come down to the cast, the performers. The the script is uneven, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I think the script is far more um, cliche written than uh, the then it feels like when you're watching it because the performers, particularly Tom Hanks and Mariana Trevino, who is just incredible, really do kind of transcend the the writing and turn these characters into what feel like real flesh and blood people. They feel real. They feel like people you know somehow. And yeah, by the end, I didn't cry, but I did kind of tear up a little. There was something that was so touching. It's a very, very standard kind of story and character arc, except it is, it has a little bit of an edge. Like, I wasn't expecting this to go as dark as it did. Slight spoiler, because this happens within like the first five to ten minutes of the movie like it's just the sweetest movie about a man who just wants to commit suicide in peace yeah which is like not something that i ever thought i would say and that feels like something that is kind of like wrong and yet somehow it works kind of 
I don't know how this movie pulled it off, but it did. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely put this in the category of did we need this movie? No. Is it absolutely like one of the worst films I've seen this year's as the trailers maybe sort of indicated? No. Did I enjoy it? Sure. Is it great? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't. I actually, for my opening thoughts here, I don't really have anything else more to add than just that. That kind of like summarized everything in the most simplistic way possible. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, for me, when it came to this movie, Dan knows this. He sat right next to me. I had my arms folded, my head tilted. I was looking at this movie extremely skeptical and kind of rolling my eyes through I would say about 45% of it. The real title of this movie, I think, should be A Woman Called Marisol. Because I think Marina Trevino absolutely steals this movie from Tom Hanks and just runs away with it. And she is worth the price of admission to see this more so than he is. It's an expectedly good performance from Tom Hanks. It's not one of his uh, worst performances. I think if we're talking about 2022 for him in general, as Amy was saying before, I would definitely say that A Man Called Otto is the best of the Tom Hanks performances that we received this year. Um, But I definitely agree that he's going through a very uh, interesting time right now where the project selection is maybe a little lacking at the moment. But at the same time, I do like seeing how the performances in both Elvis, Pinocchio, and this, I I do appreciate that there is variety here and there is something different. With that said, I also think that he is horribly miscast because Tom Hanks is America's dad. He's America's sweetheart, as they say. And we all love Tom Hanks so much. And to see him playing this grumpy, depressed widower who's just mean to everybody in his town... I never bought for a second that Tom Hanks was that person. I kept thinking of other actors around a similar age of him that could have brought this character to life a lot more in that regard. And then in the moments where the exterior shell cracks and you do start to see the warmth and humanity of this character more, then I feel like that's something that other actors also could have done just as well. So... I do think he's miscast, but at the same time, I don't think that he's terrible. And the real story here is Mariana Trevino and what is truly a breakout performance. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep. Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Life sucks as a grown up. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> yeah, she's really kind of incredible. Far better 
than she has any right to be, given the way, like, that character is really written as, like, this kind of spicy Latina trope. And, like, the jokes are just, they're almost, like, insultingly awful. And yet she just rises above. She has this, like, really warm, earthy, generous energy to her that completely elevates the character from what is written on the page. Like every time she was on screen, I was like, I like you. And every time she left, I was like, no, come back, come back. Yeah. Pretty much every time that she's on screen, she lightens up the movie so much. So there's just such tremendous personality that is just exploding and radiating off the screen so much so that if I encountered her in real life and I was like Otto, it's not cliche to say that she would have the ability to, um, I don't want to like, yeah, change you, change your outlook on life, um, make you appreciate what you have and see people differently. Her performance really communicates that in a way that, yes, it's overly sentimental and sappy and cliche, but I do think it does ultimately work. Believe it or not, actually, that very conventional storyline of a guy who is just kind of chipped away at by the kindness of his neighbors to the point that he ends up, uh, you know, sorry to say this, uh, like spoiler alert here, but... This is a very conventional movie, so maybe it's not like a shocker for me to say this. He yeah. does undergo a character arc by the end, people. Um, <laughs> but that, but that to me actually was more engaging than these flashbacks that are inserted throughout the movie, which I actually thought were the film's weakest points. Yeah, I mean Tom Hanks's other son, <laughs> Truman Hanks, is playing him in these flashbacks and. The performance is incredibly wooden, but more so than that, I don't know, maybe it's just like a personal thing, but the character of Otto Anderson is not interesting at all, and maybe that's deliberately so. He's more of like a, think back like a couple of decades ago, a sturdy, reliable, I can fix anything, I'm a provider type of masculinity. And everything else is completely void of any kind of personality. And he lives vicariously through his vivid, uh, as he says, colorful. He says, my life is like black and white, but she added the color uh, wife. And it, it's funny to me because like, and, and I'm getting a little personal here, but like my own father is sort of like that where he worships my mother so much. And I, I just can't imagine what his life would be like if she wasn't in it like she is everything to him and that's the kind of relationship that is portrayed here where when you live through somebody else so much that you don't even have so much of a life yourself or a personality even what happens to you when that person all of a sudden is gone i I actually think that is a very interesting situation to discuss here in this movie and I, and I like that aspect of it but I uh, but these flashbacks I was like this is this is where the cliches and this is where the movie was just losing me see I didn't mind the flashbacks as much I just don't like the way they were used especially when you're cutting back and forth between flashbacks and Tom Hanks trying to hang himself I thought there was a real tonal imbalance and I actually thought 
showing all these suicide attempts on screen, I felt really uncomfortable and I was like, what tone is this movie actually going for in these sequences? I was really put off by that. Yeah, that was kind of my issue too. And like, yeah, Truman Hanks is not the most charismatic actor. But once again, maybe deliberately <laughs> so. Maybe, but I I don't know. I feel like charisma is not something that you can sort of like adjust. You know, it's just you either have it or you don't. And he kind of doesn't. And maybe like the casting, like they decided to go with him, not just because he's Tom Hanks, but like, yeah, we want kind of a blank void in this space. I, I would have liked to have seen them actually attempt to do some de-aging or some makeup work on Tom yeah. to see what that would have come across like. I mean, that's what they did in the original. That's why it got the Oscar nomination for makeup. I felt like that was a missed opportunity there, especially given like how yeah. far the technology has come. Although I do have a feeling that the reason why, even though this is a studio produced film from Sony, they probably just didn't have the budget for it. Yeah. I mean, this is very much mid-budget adult drama that we say like god damn they don't make any more of these but like you get one of these and it's like ugh, i kind of get why they don't make any more of these (laughs) (laughs) but on the other hand like it also it's kind of good it's that's the thing about this movie like it's kind of good it's not great but like it works it gets the job done and i feel like that's the thing with the flashbacks too i i feel like for layman audiences like you know People that don't watch a lot of movies, this is a fine yeah. rental to – I don't think you have to rush out to the theater to see this. But if you were to catch this on streaming at home at some point, this is a nice, good, maybe cry. I, I mean, I didn't cry. Dan, you said that you teared up. I, I think I think we were – if I remember correctly, you were like – because we saw this a little while ago. You were like poking me. Are you crying? And I was like, I'm close, but I'm not there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were both kind of there like – like, okay, I, I moved. I wasn't crying, but I was moved. Yeah, what about you, Amy? Did you cry? No, I didn't cry. I was moved as well, though. I think if you compare the flashback sequence to the part of the story where um, Otto takes Marisol to the cafe and he's saying why this cafe is really important, that was a really good way of showing the importance of his relationship with his wife without having to show us another sort of flashback sequence. I wish they did more of that in the film. Yeah, because one of the things that took me by surprise with this movie actually was the way that it handled the suicides or the suicide attempts, I should say, uh, by Otto. The film does definitely take on a much darker tone during those moments. Um, But then, and I, I agree with what you were saying before, Amy, where the tonal imbalance, it, it feels like in moments like that, like with the cafe scene, that's where it's like, okay, this is the kind of storytelling where I do like that they are um, like kind of not forcing anything down the audience's throat here. And this is actually allowing for Hanks to be a little bit more nuanced in his performance. Um, but then like some of these scenes where the film gets overly serious it then breaks it up with some sort of bit of like situational comedy or something. And I will admit, like by a certain point, I did start to think it was getting a little ridiculous to the, to the point where I was wondering, is this coming across as insensitive? Like there are a lot of people that will be triggered watching this because suicide is obviously a really horrific thing and should never be made fun of. But here, 
I was wondering if they were risking losing the audience by how they were shifting so much between tones. And I think a lot of that has to do with the approach that Mark Forster does take here most of the time, which is this is a very um, blunt movie that doesn't usually allow for that kind of subtlety and nuance. You're right. It is rather blunt. And yet I feel like the tone of the movie is almost what made it work as well as it did for me, like, or at least it helped a lot. Like I was not expecting this movie to go as dark as it does. And I think that with the uh, performances, particularly from Mariana Trevino and Tom Hanks, they kind of brought this sweetness to balance out the sour of uh, the character of Otto and of some of the uh, events in the story that worked. It made it more uh, complex than I was ever expecting it to be. And I don't think it fully works, but the fact that this sort of complication is there at all, I was very impressed by because I was expecting this to be even more um uh, didactic and easy than it was. It does not go down easily at all, which is appropriate for you know a film about a man who wants to kill himself. I will say that all of the ways that he attempted to kill himself, like, okay, the, this way didn't work. Instead of just trying the same method again, yeah. he keeps trying different methods, which mm-hmm. at a certain point, like I said, I just found it to be a little overly ridiculous. But at the same time, I... I Like, I'm so incredibly mixed on this because I did appreciate that the movie was introducing these more complex and darker themes. But at the same time, I don't know if it appropriately handled them and balanced them well enough for me to take it that seriously. And I think that's why I didn't actually cry. Like, I was moved, as mentioned before. And I do think it does eventually stick the landing, mostly due to the work of Hanks and... uh, um, and Trevino, I, I think that they are just a very winning pair here. I mean, how many neighbors in life are this <laughs> kind? And I, I just, I, I kept thinking to myself, how many people go about their daily lives and they just completely ignore their neighbors and don't interact with them at all? I almost feel like she takes the approach of, well, this is where I live. I'm stuck here. You're kind of stuck with me. We might as well be friendly with one another. Yeah, it was, I kind of loved that she was almost immediately like giving him food. <laughs> like, I don't even know you. I made something for you. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's supposed to work the other way around. Like people who already live there are supposed to give you food as a housewarming present when you're moving in. And yet here she is giving him like cookies or, you know, whatever. I can't remember right now because I saw it so long ago, but. Yeah, I thought that was so sweet. <laughs> I mean, did you also buy into the fact that like every time that he would be that he he would get close to offing himself that what was sometimes pulling him away wasn't so much a act of god, I'm, although at times it was, but other times it was mostly him just getting annoyed by certain things that the neighbors were doing in the gated community, and I just kept thinking to myself, why is this guy just so peculiar about like what everybody else is doing you know where they're parking and things like that and I'm like I I don't 
I don't fully understand it. I don't get why this guy is so rigid with the rules of his world. And I think it's because the more I thought about it, it's because external forces, in this case, if I remember correctly, I think it was cancer, took his wife away. And other external forces also took away during the time when they were married uh, the chance for them to have a family. And I think that this is just a guy that is trying to regain some sense of control in his life. But at the same time, I don't understand why then you would allow for that to clash with you wanting to kill yourself and join your wife in whatever afterlife is beyond then because at that point you've kind of already admitted that you're willing to give up that control. And if anything, take control over the fact that you are choosing to end your life. It just seemed like there was this back and forth tug and pull there that um, once again, I don't know if the film was able to successfully communicate all of Otto's motivations clearly for what it was that he ultimately wanted. Does he ultimately want to kill himself and join his wife? Or does he does he want to ultimately live? Because I almost wondered at times, dude, you, you, you could have gone through it for this. You did not have to stop. But, I mean, that's the point of the movie, right? Is to get us to a point where he does realize, oh, no, I guess all this time I really did want to live. Yeah, I bought it in a kind of, like, uh, survival instinct kind of way, like you know yeah he he's decided that he's done with life and he's going to kill himself but there's always that little voice in the back of your head that's saying like no this is not your time and i bought it even though it felt like clearly a narrative device but it never like it never took me out of it so much that i you know questioned whether he actually wanted to kill himself or not I think part of the thing is the disability act, like part of the film. And I wish they explored that more because they throw it in at the end. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that could have been a really good topic to discuss. You know how, you know, development of these streets and making it harder for people in wheelchairs to get around or just small things like that. And it would have led to an even more impactful ending, in my opinion, if they addressed it earlier on in the film and made a bigger deal of it. Or, or even to the um, illness that has overtaken his, uh, well, his once friend uh, yeah. within the community. That was the storyline I was referring to in my like early thoughts in the film that I thought was just completely left to the side. Like, I did not care for any of the flashbacks that dealt with Otto and his neighbor getting into an argument about what sort of car they owned (laughs) i'm like give me a better reason to care about why these two neighbors aren't friends anymore it's so petty and silly it's a compelling story if you actually make the build-up compelling like i had no real emotional connection to that part of the film because i didn't feel like i had a reason to care about why these two neighbors just didn't get on anymore yeah like they (laughs) They try, they like, they almost set it up like it's this big thing as to why they are no longer friends, and then when you, they reveal that it's just they had a disagreement about cars, it's so petty. <laughs> but that also, <laughs> I, I get, speaks to the character. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, that was like one of those eye rolling moments for me where I was hoping that they were gonna explore something a little bit more layered, but uh, whatever. <laughs> But, all, but that was another thing that also, like, the film did bring up that I appreciated, once again, is that there are these 
external forces in life that are beyond your control, disease, um, car accidents, I mean, you know, like all these different things that can happen. And sometimes they're inexplainable. And you got to learn to adapt and kind of roll with it. Because if you don't have the tools to be able to do such a thing, it is very easy then to fall into despair and question why is life worth living at this point? And that was the stuff that I actually found to be uh, most interesting when worth exploring here. Yeah, I completely agree with that. But like the little moments when he's like, oh, I built this counter table lower and you start to think, oh, why is that? And it's because obviously his wife, that's the only way his wife could get around. Once again, I just wish they explored that more in the film because I feel like it would have led to an even more emotional impact by the end because as soon as you realize what happened, you're like, oh shit, okay, this is quite big. Why are we only getting this in the last 30 minutes of the film? Right, right. Yeah, it's one of those things where like, I get why the screenplay is structured this way. Like, you know, we're kind of working with, you know, storytelling tropes here. I get it. But at the same time, it does feel like a kind of missed opportunity in some ways. Yeah. All right. So what I want to do is I do want to get over to uh, any final thoughts on A Man Called Otto, something that we didn't touch on or something you want to reiterate. Uh, Amy, we can kick it over to you first here. Uh, any final thoughts on A Man Called Otto? Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Yeah, I'm more just interested in watching the original film and reading a book because I'm kind of hoping with a, like, potentially with a second viewing or with a different interpretation, we might get more information and more flesh to these characters. I also want to shout out the transgender character. I can't remember what his name was, but I thought that was a really nice, touching little moment to kind of show, oh, it's not a complete dick like he he may be old but he still kind of understands the way society is to this day and yeah I just thought it was a really sweet little moment that they didn't have to put in the film at all but kind of modernized it for today's sort of society yeah I really really liked the way that the film handled that element it kind of came as a surprise and out of nowhere even though uh, I, I think if I remember correctly didn't Zoe Rose Bryan see this before us yes yes okay so I remember because she brought it up to us before you and I saw it, Dan, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, same. But then watching it unfold here in the film and seeing how seamless it was able to kind of blend itself in, you know, because you have like this I, – I think what they're going for a little bit there is they're going for a bit of a generational understanding of self and how – I don't know. I, I just kept thinking to myself like how there's like an older generation of people that don't fully understand uh, maybe some of the some of the struggles that uh, the new, like a new a newer generation of people that are trying to understand what their purpose and their identity is. And this was a way to kind of like bring those two 
viewpoints together and seek common understanding. Yeah, I I just I think that in that character and Otto's reaction to him, like is that's really sort of where I felt his connection to his wife and you know what she kind of meant and who she was. You know, I understood that much better from how he interacted with this one character than with all of the flashbacks that we got. <laughs> I, I am just really glad, though, that they didn't, like, turn it into a, I'm an old man that doesn't understand. Yeah, it's not Gran Torino. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. The, the character never, I I, I mean, I, <laughs> Otto judges everybody. But he never judges that character any differently than he judges anybody else. And I'm glad that the movie didn't, like, harp on that and make that into a thing. It was just, oh, here's another character in this very small, isolated, gated community world. And it adds, you know, different perspectives and diversity. And I think that that is very good for a film that is trying to communicate some universal truths here in its story. Amy, anything else? No, that was it. All right, Dan, how about you? I even like Tom Hanks's casting in this a lot. It's one of those things where I feel like it looks on the surface like against typecasting, but Otto's transformation from this curmudgeonly grump character to, you know, a big old softy is sort of the whole point of this story. So you kind of need someone that has Hanks's inherent likability in order to sell that character arc. And he does, he plays a convincing grump. I have to say, I thought I really kind of enjoyed watching him sass all these people <laughs> in his like, you know, little old man way. I, I really enjoyed it, but I also like, I liked that when it came time for the movie to be serious, like it didn't feel like it was trivializing Otto's pain or the pain of any of the characters in the film. And when things got difficult, they really did feel like they were difficult for these characters. It wasn't just saying that. And even though it's a really familiar story familiar archetype and even though like all the supporting cast is like underwritten cliches i thought that hanks and mariana trevino at least they really did work to elevate the script in a way that makes this a lot more enjoyable to watch because they actually get the really nice balance between the sweet and sour aspects of the story. It's not all just, you know, like teeth achingly sweet the whole time. They cut it with real drama and real pathos. Not enough. It's not, uh, it's not subtle enough for me to be like, Oh, like this really works 100%. It's still like kind of broad, but it works enough for me to be like, yeah, I think you should go and see this movie. And particularly to like um, older 
people that I know in my life, I'm like, yeah, go to the theater and see this. Because if you don't go to the theater and see this, we're not going to get more, even better movies like this. This is the kind of, you know, mid budget adult focused drama that we always complain. They don't make enough of anymore and release in theaters because they all just go like straight to Netflix or whatever. So, yeah, and I don't feel bad about recommending it to people either because it it is it's well done for for what it is. What it is isn't groundbreaking. It's not even great, but it's really good. And it's one of those things where I feel like, you know, it's one of the things where your parents or grandparents would say, "What a nice movie." And leaving it, I was like, "Yeah, it's a nice movie," and I don't mean that in a negative way. And I was kind of surprised that I was saying that when it was over. Okay, for me, final thoughts here. What the fuck is a social media journalist? <laughs> Seriously. I did, like, I had to laugh when that character was introduced. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> this movie's view of uh, the way that, like, a younger generation uses technology kind of baffled me. And I just felt so out of touch. Like, there was one point where they say, oh, we're, we're, we're live streaming right now. And it cuts to, uh, from what I could tell, a device that clearly would not be used to live stream. <laughs> and I was like, was there any semblance of thought put into trying to make this at least believable? Or even the scene on the train tracks where everybody whips out their phones to see the moment of Otto... I just thought to myself, like, this feels like it's being told from a perspective of somebody who is very much out of touch with how a, this gener- younger generation interacts with social media and technology. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That train track sequence might be one of my least favorite in the film because it's just so unbelievable. Well, way like they got the little girls like signing off as well as if they're like live news broadcasting, like you wouldn't do that on social media even if it wasn't a sensitive subject like somebody falling onto a train tracks but you know what though here's the thing that really boggles my mind people like my mom and dad probably would love this movie and that's the kind of stuff that i think that that they think i think they think that's the way the world actually is when we know that it's not and that's not how humans would behave necessarily in those situations I mean, I definitely think there would be some people who would whip out their phones rather than help somebody in a situation like that, for sure. But at the same time, I thought it was, like, just portrayed in such an overly ridiculous manner here. Thomas Newman's score. Eh. Sure. I always look forward to Thomas Newman's scores, but here it just didn't feel pronounced, like, at all. And maybe that did help the story, but at the same time, I didn't think anything was noteworthy about it at all. It felt very Thomas Newman. You mean like when he's not on, you mean? Yeah, like very like, oh yeah, this is this is that. This is exactly what I would expect. Get that paycheck. Yep. Yeah, overall, I mean, I found it to be a bit stilted. I remember when A Man Called Uwe came out that there were some people who also kind of begrudgingly were telling others this is not a great example of what like European cinema is because it was also a broadly developed crowd pleasing film. 
I definitely think that the tone of that movie is a little bit better than what this is here. Um, but I think for like the European art house world, uh, this was not their cup of tea. I guess you could say uh, it did get very positive reviews uh, from critics for the most part. But I've over the years, I've seen a lot of people say, yeah, this movie is not as good as some others have claimed it to be. And I understand that it's a different type of storytelling. And I definitely think it translates well here to American audiences, um, especially for, you know, like the boomer generation of people that are going to want to watch this probably for Tom Hanks and Hopefully, we'll you know get something more out of it than what they are expecting. Overall, I didn't hate it. I begrudgingly like Tom Hanks. Uh, liked it in the end. Um, I would go with a six out of ten. It's not a terrible time. It's you know middle of the road for me, but at the same time, uh, worthy of a recommendation because it is very wholesome. It does have a few moments of laughter and levity, and I do think that there are some very interesting ideas worth exploring, even though the tonal balance of it all from Mark Forster and David McGee, I think, is a little off. Amy, how about you? Yeah, this film basically does what it says on the tin. I enjoyed it. I know my mom would love it. I know the target audience would eat it up, so for that reason, I'm also going 6 out of 10. Dan Bear? Yeah, I'm I'm at a 6 out of 10, too. Um, initially, right after the movie, I was at a 7 out of 10. But as time has gone by, like it's it faded really, really fast for me. And I'm left with sort of like, yeah, I remember like liking it. And Mariana Trevino needs to become a star. But that's kind of all I'm left with <laughs> a couple weeks later. Yeah, seriously, please, people, cast her in your film because whoa, I, I did not think that I was going to be walking away from a movie built with Tom Hanks in the leading role and saying that Tom Hanks was not the best thing about it. But here we are. Mm-hmm. Okay, any Oscar prospects for A Man Called Otto? Because even though this is a 2023 wide release, it is technically a 2022 film, so it is in contention. Um, I did see that it did not make the short lists for best original score for Thomas Newman, which I know for many of us, we were like, how can this be? No, Thomas Newman always gets shortlisted. And I know some people were thinking that Hanks would pop up maybe at Golden Globes for comedy musical or even SAG. Uh, I remember seeing some predictions for this, but it hasn't materialized. Do you think it just came out a little too late? Yeah, and, and a little too quietly, I think. Like, I don't think the platform release releasing that late was the right tack for it. Like, if you're going to release on December 31st, go wide. Didn't it get in a shortlist for original song of all things? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the written by Rita Wilson. I was going to say Rita Wilson. Good for her. At least the Hanks family household has something to celebrate here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's nice. What's that song called? Till You're Home from a Man Called Otto. That, that's the that's the song that plays over the credits, right? Yeah, I've already yes, forgotten it, yeah. to be honest. I've forgotten it, too. But I will say the end credits were very sweet. Yeah, they were. They were. I, I smiled. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, nothing of note. No, I'd love for Mariana Trevino to have gotten more supporting actress consideration. But at the same time, like, I get it. It. It doesn't really have the material that most of the other contenders do in that category. No. And like you said, it came out a little too late. Sony hasn't really been pushing it necessarily. And I think at this point, because it did miss a lot of key 
other categories along the way where it could have built up some momentum. I think it's too late at this point to do anything. Like, it ain't gonna get a BAFTA nomination. It would be kind of shocking, I think, at this point if the song showed up at the Oscars. So I wouldn't even predict that. Yeah, no. Okay, Amy, tell everyone that's listening right now where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Films with Amy. Dan, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Dance and Dan on Film, on Letterboxd and Post at Dance and Dan. And you can find me at Next Best Picture on Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.